0: You've had a pretty crazy career trajectory over the past couple of years, especially. Uh, what's that? What's that been like for you? I mean, it's. I don't want to say you came out of nowhere because you you've been a part of Ring of Honor and stuff, but your profile has just shot through the roof of late.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty good, man. You know, and uh, you know, I think I've improved some, maybe. But you know, largely, I'm doing a lot of the same things I, I have been doing. You know, this whole time, um, and just in the past year or so, really, uh, picked up a lot of recognition. Um this has been really cool, you know what I mean, to get that um get that exposure, you know, out there.
0: How does one prepare to do a moon salt with his hands tied? <laughs> uh I don't know. I just thought it would be cool. Uh <laughs> I didn't prepare. It's probably the
1: thing. I had climbed up there and realized like this is really kind of stupid. I was wearing cowboy boots and uh, had my, you know, hands duct taped together. <laughs> so I realized it was kind of dumb when I got up there, but um I know you just do it. Sometimes you just do it.
0: So how were you brought into Ring of Honor? How did how did that situation first go down? Um, well, you know, when I was, uh, you know, I might have been 18 or 19. Um,
1: I was, you know, I was wrestling then. I started when I was 15 or 16, actually. I started when I was 16. Um, so at about 18 or 19, I, um, you know, saw these advertisements for the Ring of Honor, you know, camps. Um, and two of my friends that i had started training with, the Bravado Brothers, they had They had moved up to Philadelphia and they were training, you know, at the school there. Um, So I knew it was something, uh, you know, interesting, something I wanted to do, something that could help me a lot. So, you know, I I went to one of those camps then, um, and then I went to another one about a year or so later. And I guess I had just improved upon the things that they had, you know, told me to improve upon in that year. Um, So then I, you know, started getting these dark matches and, you know, really short TV matches and stuff like that. And um, just slowly worked my way up from there, I guess.
0: I'll kind of get get the same type of experience from you. Like, how how did you find out, or how do, how did you end up in New Japan? Obviously, there's the, the sister relationship sort of between Ring of Honor and New Japan, the working relationship. But how did you find out that that would be a thing that you'd be doing moving forward?
1: Yeah, I had no idea um, that would that was going to be something. You know, that I was going to be doing. It was something that I I certainly hoped to do one day. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't expect to be going and doing that stuff when I ended up doing it. Um, I guess when, uh, you know, Ring of Honor decided they wanted um, Bullet Club in in Ring of Honor, um, and, you know, they were going to have, not a, not a separate entity, but, you know, kind of a representation there. Um, and they had the young bucks and had Adam Cole, but it just three people wasn't enough. So I was kind of, you know, the fourth guy in that equation. Um, and then it just made sense. Well, all right, if he's joining Bullet Club, then he'll, he'll go to New Japan and he'll work with Bullet Club there. Um, so that's kind of how that came about. I got a phone call one night and, you know, it was that phone call was, Hey, uh, you're joining the bullet club and you're uh, going to work for new Japan. Your first tour is a summer. It's three weeks, you know, so that was, it was a heck of a surprise. Um, it was a good one
0: at the same time that, as you mentioned, that was around the time you joined bullet club. That's gotta be just like, that's, I mean, such a shift in, in your career moving from just not being in the Bullet Club to being in Bullet Club, because we've seen the type of thing that it facilitates, like being the elite and the invasion, all that, not to mention just the demand of appearances and things like that. Like, did that increase your schedule? Did that, what kind of changes did that make when you were added into Bullet Club?
1: Yeah, it, um, it changed a lot for me, honestly. Uh, You know, I started working with New Japan. So I would have tours and stuff there, so obviously I got a bit busier there. I had never wrestled outside of the country before other than, you know, like a trip to Toronto when we do that for Ring of Honor, so that was uh, pretty insane for me. Um, At the time, you know, I was a high school teacher uh, living in Virginia, and I was wrestling, you know, with Ring of Honor and, you know, other indie companies and stuff just weekends, you know, I would do Friday, Saturday, Sunday and and be back home teaching on Monday, Um, and it was exhausting, so getting to join Bullet Club, really, for me, I guess, in my personal life, um, that was the point at which I kind of determined, okay, you know, I'm I'm able to make enough money, and I'm able to be busy enough to just wrestle as, as my career, and that's what I've been doing you know, the past year and a half now, I guess.
0: And we're seeing that more and more, like, Cody Rhodes is a fantastic example of people who don't need wwe in order to make a full-time living and we're seeing that out of a lot of the bullet club guys we're seeing the young bucks who are making a ton of money do you see that like is that a bubble that you think is going to like burst anytime soon because we're seeing more and more people just walk away or say no thanks we'll stick here
1: you know i don't think it's really a bubble that's going to burst as much as it's um just a wave that ebbs and flows you know it I think wrestling has always gone through, you know, peaks of popularity and back down again, and it cycles. It cycles back around. Obviously, right now, <laughs> we're uh, we're in a peak time, uh, which is great, and I'm hoping that this peak time is, you know, not a peak that will eventually return to the status quo, but it's one that's changing the status quo, um, because I think you know we live in a time that it's, you know, it's very easy to not just accept what's handed to you on TV every week. It's very easy to, you know, find out um, what else is out there. And if there's something you like better to then support that, you know, instead or in addition to what you already support. Um, so I kind of hope that this is, yeah, less of a bubble that's going to burst, but something that's maybe changing wrestling as a whole, you know what I mean? And and should we, we cycle back down to a less popular time in wrestling, I hope that there's still – Tons of guys like there are now uh, making a living wrestling outside of the machine.
0: We had talked a little bit about New Japan earlier. Where do you see that partnership between Ring of Honor and New Japan going as New Japan increases their own personal uh, North American presence? We saw their their G1 special in July. They're probably coming back in, I think, spring. Do you think that will, at any time, like Ring of Honor will kind of be like – if it, do you think it will cause a rift do you think it will strengthen the relationship how do you think that plays out
1: um you know, i'm not quite sure um I, I really don't um expect you know any kind of rift especially not anytime soon um these things you know move so slow uh, i guess when you when you really think about it um i i think really it's it's a good working partnership um and we're able to you know american fans are able to see people like me and Cody and the Young Bucks, um, you know, we're more visible here in the U.S. working with Ring of Honor. So when we go to Japan, um, there are a lot more American eyes on New Japan. There are a lot more American eyes on New Japan World. And, you know, if you look at the growth of uh, the New Japan World subscriptions, you know, a lot of the growth in America, you could attribute it you know not not just to American guys, but a lot of it is you know what i mean Th- that's where they get their fans from is you know they they learn about Bullet club us whoever um and then they start watching new Japan too so I think it's a it's a good working relationship and a, and it works both ways you know when you're here in America, you might only see it one way or the other um but if you really think about it it does work for both companies, I think perfectly well
0: so you're an integral part of the the being the elite series. And I talked about things that will shift and change your career. Well, that's that's had to have done something because I mean I, I can tell you when, whenever we embed one of those videos on our site, it does great. Like it, it's it's the point to where I'll tell like my editor, hey, anytime they put one up, let's let's embed it because it does really well. Like, and that's not something that you see a lot of outside of WWE. We've seen like Zack Ryder have really good success with with his own show, but. But this has, has exploded. What's that been like? Uh it's been nuts. Uh and it's it's definitely
1: been I've probably got the most exposure um and the most you know, mo- most over, I guess, um, from even just being in the background of the scene on being the elite. Uh it's been ridiculous, you know, and once I started kind of using it as part of the show, um, that just exploded more for me uh it's nuts you know and i think fans fans love it first of all you know, they love the young bucks they love what they do in wrestling and you know when you have a favorite wrestler or whatever it might be you want to find out more about them you want to you know kind of connect with them on that personal level and that's what being the elite is um and you know there's a lot of skits and stuff like that but even the skits is just us joking around you know what i mean and fans i think love being able to see that and we love being able to you know kind of give that to the world um
3: and it's been
0: great. You get the positive and the negative, because there's always negative about anything. Does any of that bother you? Do you let it just slide? Because I mean, I I see it even, and I'm not involved in it. So I mean, I'm sure you have to see it as well.
1: Oh, yeah, you get, I mean, you know, you're not really doing much of anything. You're not making much of an impact unless someone is criticizing you. Um, And (laughs) The more critical stuff you get, feedback you get, um, in addition to the love that you get, then you then you know you're doing something. You know, you may be changing something, you're ruffling feathers, Um, and you can't let it bother you. You know, I mean, I try not to let it bother me. Um, I'll get some mean tweets every now and then, Uh, but you know, I ignore them. It's fine. It's just somebody else who knows who I am.
0: Did you expect the the invasion situation to gain such a polarizing reaction? Because I remember the night of. Like before you all released the episode, everybody was like, oh, they're ripping off DX. They're ripping off DX, and then the video comes out, and they're like, oh. Right. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe I didn't expect it
1: to get quite uh, as as polarized of a reaction, but I think, you know, the people who had a negative reaction to it um, don't follow us. They don't know. They don't really know anything about being the elite or the young bucks or Cody or what we're doing now. You know what I mean? Um, and they don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's like a joke that you know either you you get the joke or you don't get the joke. Um, and if you don't get it, I can understand why you think it was stupid. Um, but for you know, this wasn't for the world at large. This was for ourselves, really, <laughs> just to make ourselves laugh. And for the people who've been following the show and following us for this long, and that's who it was for, um, and those people enjoyed it, so we're happy.
0: That's always the thing I see Like when, when people criticize the Young Bucks. They'll say they don't sell. They just super kick. They're their indie, hardy boy ripoffs, and I was like, well, then you don't get it. It was like if, yeah, it, right. if it has to be explained to you, then there, there's no fun in it, I'm sure. Like that's part of it. Yes, exactly. So uh, – your buddy, well, former buddy, maybe maybe current buddy again, Jimmy Jacobs, he's kind of reemerged on the scene in part <laughs> two to that situation. I love the integration of that. I spoke with Ian Riccoboni a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about how important the integrating Being the Elite storylines has been and how you all just weave everything in and out, in and out. Uh, this was – you all kind of double-dipped there. You were able, You were able to – capitalize off of a newsworthy situation that you guys created in the first place, put something on pay-per-view in Jimmy Jacobs showing up, then run it on being the elite as well. Um, how far before that do you all find out like, okay, we're going to put Jimmy Jacobs on all this after all that's happened?
1: Uh, yeah, it's pretty fly-by-night <laughs> type of stuff. Uh, <laughs> we usually don't have much of a plan until the day of, you know what I mean? Um I I'm not sure at what point someone pulled strings somewhere to get Jimmy Jacobs to the building. Uh, but once he's there, you know, that day, that afternoon of the pay-per-view, we didn't know exactly what we were going to do, but he's here. Um, you know, we're figuring out that the day of, um, <laughs> so, you know, that was kind of, that was my suggestion to, to, you know, have, you know, we're going to take a selfie at the end of the, we had done, you know, four day tour there. We're going to take a selfie at the end and nobody had a camera and Jimmy be the guy to do it. Um, which was perfectly fitting. Um, but yeah, all that kind of stuff has been real fly by night. And we're really glad to, you know, have Jimmy there and do something with him because he's um, I think he's at different parts of our career. He's always been a great friend to all of us. You know, I worked with him um, when I kind of, you know, my first few years in Ring of Honor in the decade, um, he's a creative genius and he helped me through, you know, a lot getting started there in Ring of Honor. Um, so we we're glad to to have him.
0: And from a character perspective, do you think hangman page would rather be side by side with jimmy jacobs or across the ring from him because you've been plenty like i remember uh glory by honor and there you worked against him and whitmer at a set of tv tapings and even on the i think 13th anniversary show you all tagged together right uh i would i would revel in either you know what i mean um
1: i jimmy is a creative genius um So to work against a creative genius uh, is a challenge, which which it helps. uh, But working with one is also a challenge. You know what I mean? Um, But probably I'd say same side of the ring.
0: What was your opinion on how that unfolded, that situation with Jimmy Jacobs and WWE?
1: Um, You
0: know, I'll be honest. It
1: it wasn't surprising to me um, because, you know, we were there uh, poking the bear. Uh, And an employee of the company, you know, came out and, you know, was friendly with and took a picture with uh, and posted a picture with the people who were there to poke the bear. Um, So I wasn't surprised. I knew, you know, when he came out and said hello, I thought that was dangerous in itself. And then he took a picture, and I thought, well, you know, okay, fine, just don't post it anywhere. Certainly we agreed we wouldn't uh, retweet it or, you know. Uh, we wouldn't post the footage of him coming up to us just because we we weren't going to get him in trouble. Um, but you know that was in his own hands, um, and I'm sure he knew he knew what he was doing. Um, so you know I I regret that, that had to happen, but you know I think I think he knew what he was doing.
0: Yeah, he seems pretty happy as of now. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. I'm really excited to see because this it's it's a unique time in pro wrestling right now. So before before we wrap up I know that uh, Ring of Honor is about to kick off another leg of, of their tour. What has 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 the schedule increased for you for, as it pertains to Ring of Honor as well? Uh like I said you've you've reached a higher profile, you're an important part of this show. Uh what has that meant for your schedule personally?
1: Yeah, um yeah, I want to put over these these dates coming up. We've got um you know Florida dates not this weekend but the following weekend and uh Lakeland and Fort Lauderdale; those should be awesome. Um, Kenny Omega will be there. We've got uh, Texas dates. I actually won't be at the Texas dates uh, due to a bit of a scheduling conflict, um, but those should be great. San Antonio in particular should be fantastic. Uh, the rest of them as well. I know they're doing uh, Oklahoma. I think that that weekend too. So yes. check those out. Um, but yeah, the, the schedule. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I don't know. Um, but I do know my perception of it. It seems like we're running a lot more, um, and maybe it's just because in you know, earlier points in my career I wasn't on all of the shows, but now I'm on all of them. And maybe at different points in my career I wasn't as busy on those show days, and now you know every show day, you know, is just a literal non. From the time I get out of the bed in the morning until if I if I get to go to sleep, until then it is just nonstop, uh, just pandemonium. Um, But it seems like the schedule has picked up a ton, uh, which is good news for everybody. There's more work.
0: Yeah, you all are in New York uh, on December 15th for Final Battle, Uh, Philadelphia the following night for TV taping. So that's going to be, I'm sure, big for you guys. Uh, Final Battle always is – tell people where they can follow you on social media. For sure, yeah. Um, Final battle, you know, that New York and Philadelphia,
1: that should be great. That's going to wrap up the year for us. We'll be able to be home with our families for Christmas, uh, which is great. And We always uh, thank the fans for supporting us, you know, with Ring of Honor so that we can have a career that allows us, you know, that time at home with our families um, at Christmas. Uh, for social media, I am on Twitter, uh, at TheAdamPage. Um, I am on Instagram, I, I don't know the Instagram handle, I'll be honest with you. I haven't used it in a while. I, I every couple of months, just post a, a random photo of something totally non-related to wrestling, and I'm pretty sure no one believes it's actually my real account, uh, but it's out there somewhere. If you find it, it's really me. Uh, I have a web- website. It's uh, com. I have some of uh, my own merchandise and stuff on there, um, and also I have links to uh, my T-shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees, which is Pro slash Adam Page. Uh, and I believe that's all my social particulars.
0: Yeah, I saw that on on your website. They can get everything from like ring worn gear to T-shirts to eight by tens. So definitely go check, and those bandanas too. I mean, those are those are no brainer to 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 market.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I uh, I just put them up the other day. I haven't even tweeted about them yet. I I had the tweet ready. Um, I had a crazy family day, uh family emergency day yesterday. So I never really got to send the tweet out. So they're on my website. I haven't even promoted them yet. Um so I'll get to that this week. <laughs>